And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Hope you're ready to get tapped out because here we go with Brendan Tobin down in Miami. I am Sean Levine in Kansas City, but the action tonight is in Las Vegas. What a great night for our maiden voyage here tapped out on the BetQL Network. We got UFC 269, the main card, right around the corner, and we're going to have you covered with every single fight, the main card. We'll talk the undercard. We're going to slip in a little bit of boxing and have a lot of fun along the way. By the way, our first guest coming up in the second hour of the show, none other than Sugar Rashad Evans. I'm definitely going to ask him if he's pissed off that Sugar Sean O'Malley took his name. Brendan Tobin down in Miami. What a great first night to start this card, man. All kinds of good fights on this one. This one's a, this one's a mixed martial arts fans dream, man. It's been funny because so many times I feel like we go into fight weeks, we're looking for the drama of the week what trash talk is said. And when you have Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira, you don't really need it. Like, it's just these two guys are good at everything. They have the respect of everybody. You just want to see what it's going to be like when that cage door closes and what the, what, what it's going to be like for those 25 minutes or less and see who's going to be lightweight champion of the world after all is said and done with these two. As you mentioned, the lightweight strap is on the line tonight in Las Vegas. Charles Oliveira, the champion, Brendan, comes in also as the underdog, according to FanDuel, a plus 116 right now, which means that you can get Dustin Poirier at minus 136 as the favorite. I know how good Bronx is. I know he can beat you every single way there is. But when it comes to the diamond, doesn't it just feel like it's his time? If It's felt like it's been his time for a long time. I mean, the guy's got a resume that really can't be matched as far as the who's who he's fought. He has fought everybody, and he has looked good uh, basically against everybody not named Habib Nurmagomedov for the last half decade. The guy is the man. Um, this fight could have happened sooner, you know, but you don't, you don't, you don't let a Conor McGregor payday go by the wayside. And he decided, hey, I'm going to have uh, the Conor McGregor fight. So now he's kind of having his cake and eating too. He got the big payday. He had the monster pay review, and now he finally has that chance once again to become undisputed lightweight champion. He's had the interim strap. He's had that crack against Habib, but now he has a chance once again to be atop this division. And in a lot of people's minds, he's been one of the best 155 fighters for a long, long time. So it's it's very exciting. It's impossible not to root for the for the guy, his story, the way he carries himself. But, you know, Charles is the same way. Like, he, he's not a guy who, who talked his way here. He just had a monster win streak. And a lot of the ways they, they parallel themselves, Sean, like you think about guys who their careers featherweights were good fighters but then they came to 155 and they were absolute monsters of course the michael chandler fight the last one that we saw for du bronx an incredible fight himself poirier coming off a couple of fights against conor mcgregor you mentioned some of the scalps that he's been able to take the names are absolutely incredible we're talking about pettis we're talking about alvarez we're talking gaethje we're talking max it's crazy to think bt that there are people that still think of dustin poirier as the guy that lost to khabib because you know what Everybody lost to Khabib. Right. And he also, in a lot of ways, probably had closer uh, Khabib closer to a loss than anybody. Like he did. He went for broke. He kind of went for the Hail Mary. He went for the Hail Mary. Listen, Hail Mary's a, it came close. It was it was squeaky tight, squeaky tight there, Sean. Um, but even still, listen, Khabib is is the man like he is. You know, he, he left on top for a reason. He did. He probably looked at the landscape and says, I've done all there is to do. Dustin, though, in my mind's probably 1A. Like, he's the guy when when Khabib left, I always thought, yeah, this is probably the guy who's next in line, not Gaethje, not McGregor. It was it was Dustin. 
Charles has kind of benefited from the, the idea that Dustin had this McGregor rivalry. So it kind of allowed him to squeak into title contention there, maybe a little bit sooner than he was probably going to get there. Um, but he took advantage of it because that was a monster performance against Chandler. Dustin's been so good for so long. Started his career off six and three in the UFC since then. 22-3 and three in the UFC, so a guy that wins in an 88% clip over the last handful of years, as I mentioned, comes in as the favorite tonight, the Diamond Dustin Poirier, minus 136. You can get the champion, Charles Oliveira, at plus 116. Speaking of the champion, BT, there's another strap on the line, sort of, when Amanda Nunez fights. Technically, there's always a title up for grabs, but I don't know how much of a chance Juliana Pena actually has to take it out of Nunez's hands. The GOAT comes in at a minus 1,000 tonight. Juliana Pena at a plus 660. I know she's a great wrestler, but convince me why this one's going to be different than, say, oh, I don't know, Felicia Spencer, Jermaine Durand, anybody else the GOAT has fought. I don't have good reasons to why Juliana Pena can beat Amanda Nunes. I have reasons I could come up with if I wanted to go like outside and say, okay, Amanda hasn't fought in this weight class in a couple of years. Juliana has been very vocal. She's been chatting, saying, hey, she hasn't been into the gym as much. She is, uh, she's not taking this as seriously. And honestly, listen, that's understandable. I mean, Amanda has been open and saying you were basically the last option. That's why you're here. So it doesn't feel like she is taking her very seriously from the outsides of her words. I don't know how hard she is trained. That doesn't mean that she hasn't prepped the right way. So if, if you do have something of a, an Amanda Nunes who is taking Juliana lightly in any fight, that's dangerous. If, if you, if you don't feel like you've taken every opponent, the same style, the same intensity, something can happen. I still don't think it's going to happen. I still think Amanda is going to get it done, but there are like these outsetting things that are kind of little seeds in your mind of eh, maybe this is the time she gets caught. And Juliana does a good job of, of, I think, talking herself up, having that confidence to make you feel like, all right, listen, I like the way that she's speaking, trying to speak this into the existence, but I just, I mean, Amanda's the best for a reason. Let me rephrase the question, BT. Would it be the second biggest female upset of all time if Juliana Pena wins tonight? Man, I think it'd be bigger. Like you talked from her bigger. home, I think it'd be bigger. I think it'd be so bigger. So no chance. So no chance. Put your money on Nunez at a minus 1,000 tonight. You can get Juliana Pena if you want to at a plus 660. Coming up later on the show, we're going to give you the underhooks and the overhooks, and we're going to break down what round we think it's going to finish in, if it's going to go the distance on every one of these fights. One of them that I've really got my eyes on is this Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio fight. It's basically going off as an even matchup right now at FanDuel. You can get a minus 104 if you want your money on Jeff Neal. Ponzinibbio is going off at a minus 112. Here's how I look at it. How have these guys done recently, right? In his last couple of fights, Jeff Neal's obviously struggled and taken the loss. Santiago Ponzinibbio, in his last nine fights, he's won eight of them, most of them convincingly. I'm surprised this fight's even as close as it is. I am a little bit too, and especially I would have thought that with all the stuff going around Jeff Neal, the arrest, all the distractions that were around him, I thought that maybe it would swing some things more towards Ponzinibbio because – Look, the last time out, he kind of gave everybody a reminder. Like, I think everybody was looking at him and saying, ah, kind of the old guy. They were trying to give him to Miguel Baeza as a showcase for Baeza and say, hey, Baeza, this is where you're going to have your, your kind of coming out party. And Ponson says, not yet, young fella. I'm coming in, and I'm going to show you what he's got. And, and, he, and he is a, he's a dog, man. I'm with you. As far as the idea of you, you have a, an opportunity to go with him against Jeff, Jeff has so much stuff coming into this fight now as far as, you know, to take his eye off the ball and all that type of stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a really, really great fight, but I'm with you, man. I think Santiago is, uh, is the way I would lean. 
And Ponzinibbio also finishes fights in his 28 wins. 21 of them have come by finish, and he can sub you. He can knock you out. I'm going to talk about a long shot in that fight that I like later because I'm all over Ponzinibbio in that one. Let's move down to the, the flyweights where Cody Garbrandt, number seven, versus Kai Kara France. It's weird because I feel like both these guys really need this fight, but when it comes to Cody, if he loses, that's going to be five losses in his last six. Like, Cody really needs to win this fight. Yeah, there's no doubt because it's always it's always kind of the new the new coat of paint on your career when you make that move to another weight class. Uh, we saw Anthony Pettis do this. Anthony Pettis was like kind of uh, in a lot of ways like Cody Garbrandt in the past. He was supposed to be the face of the UFC. He was Showtime, Wheaties box, all that type of stuff, and then just fell on hard times. And then eventually tried making that move to 145, um, but it doesn't always work out. We saw Chris Weidman try making the move to another weight class. Doesn't really work out um jose aldo it has worked out jose aldo it's worked out it's worked out fantastic he looks like he's, uh, Font. yeah you know it's it, it's it's uh one of those things so it's a huge fight for cody i think it's bigger than it is for, for him than it is for kai Kara france even though the, the it's funny the the fight where it really promoted this week was between him and sean o'malley i think that was probably the biggest beef that there was so now everybody probably wants him to move back up if uh if he does have a victory tonight um, so that's going to be an interesting decision for, for Cody and seeing which, uh, which direction his career wants to go. But you know, he's, he's a guy who everybody thought he was, he was going to be the it guy. And now he's trying to go into this place where, all right, there's an opportunity here to get back to the title. 135 is really stacked right now. So why don't I, I try and go down a flyway to make this happen? So, yeah, I, I think for me, all, all, in a lot of ways, he's got more pressure on him than anybody tonight. I love no love as much as the next guy does BT, but I don't know why he's barking up that O'Malley tree. As a matter of fact, the vice versa. I don't know why O'Malley's messing with him. It feels like you might as well pick on bigger guys at this point. And I don't mean bigger when it comes to weight class. I mean guys that haven't lost four out of their last fights. Although at some point, I'd love to see the cage lock behind those guys. Let's stick with this fight for just a second because Kakara France comes in as the slight dog at a plus 116. Why is Cody favored to win this fight? I got to think it's written. You know, it's one of those things, name recognition. He gets the respect there. I don't think people know Kai Kara France. They think the bigger guy coming down. He's had some success at Bantam weight. That powers his kind of calling card. Okay, that's going to carry down. It's going to be even better coming down to 125. So I would guess that's probably the factor and why uh, and why more uh, and why the uh, the lines favoring Cody right now. Talked about Sugar Sean there for a minute, and at this point, he's a favorite no matter who he fights. That guy could get in the octagon with a gorilla, perhaps a grizzly bear, and I think that he'd probably be a favorite and probably pick to end up winning by knockout. And this one, taking on Paiva, he's a 330 favorite, is the Sugar Show. Now, you can get Paiva to plus 265. The way I look at it is this, right? They keep putting up the Sugar Show against ranked to unranked. This guy was ranked early in the week, number 15. Technically, right now, he doesn't have a number next to his name. At this point, if he beats this guy... Sean's going to be with the guy with the number next to his name, and he has to do it in an impressive fashion because that's part of the whole thing. So far, every single fight this guy's been in, Brendan, has been entertaining. So I think that he's going to win the fight, but I don't just want to see him win the fight. I want to see another Moutinho-type fight where you're off your futon screaming at your television set going, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's done such a great job of everybody caring about what he does. I mean, you know, I think How can that- you not? It's it's a fascinating thing too. I mean, like everybody's looking at everything, whether it's what hair is he bring into the to the fight week, whether it's you know who is he going to start talking trash with. He's got you know Cody going at him. He's got Dominic Cruz going back and forth with him. So he does as good a job of promoting himself as anybody. But he also does that great job of backing it up with sick knockouts, with really entertaining fights, 
and uh, you know, having the, uh, the signature, you know, basketball shoot finish and all that type of stuff. So look, he is, he, he, he calls himself the sugar show for a reason. People are interested in watching what he's going to do. I do think though, like this is in a lot of ways, maybe like the last time we want to see him in a, in a situation where it's like, all right, this is your showcase and whatnot. We really want to see you against the name, see you against a rank guy. The Cheeto verify was a while ago. It's time to move on from all that type of stuff. Um, let's see if this guy's actually got the goods to rise and be a champion because, you know, all these comparisons to Connor and is he going to be that next kind of a guy? Like, look, Connor got in there. Connor was on the path to contention very, very quickly uh, and was taking on a lot of killers very, very quickly. And it's uh, Sean who's doing this whole calculated slow roll thing. But, you know, eventually people are going to start saying, all right, we want to see you in there with the who's who go in there, take on a, a credible rank name. So we really think you can get in line for the, for the title fights. Totally agree. And I think that eventually is here. As long as he goes out there and wins his fight in impressive fashion, people are going to be calling for the big names. Now he's called out the name Dominic Cruz in the past, and he's one of the fighters on the undercard in this one coming in as a favorite against Pedro Munoz. I say a favorite, very slight one. Minus 102 if you want Dominic, you can get Pedro Munoz at minus 116. You can get this one on the undercard, and it's not even the main card, the main fight on the undercard. I love this fight. I love this entire fight card any thoughts on this dominic cruz pedro muñoz contest well the thing that i like about this for dominic is we're getting to see him kind of active in a year right like this is a guy who has had so much injury trouble and it feels like there's such a gap in all of his fights like kind right, of just, active bt by his standards what's this that's twice what in a year this is ridiculously that's, active. that's ridiculously active. This man down. dude it's so great to see him back in there again and you know not injured you know fighting with dc this week you know just He's just got himself an edge. Like it, it's kind of nice seeing Dominic Cruz almost in his element this week of, you know, it, it, you know, just going in there, normal fight week, not worried about uh, all, all the, uh, the, the hurdles that he's had in his career. Look, this is, it's a guy who's arguably the best bantamweight champion of all time. He's, he's always, he's that guy who figured out, you know, movement and footwork and all that type of stuff. He's one of the OGs of that. Um, Pedro Munoz is no joke. I mean, he's as solid as they come. He's a grizzled veteran. He's been in there with everybody. Um, but he's not been a champion. You know, Dominic Cruz has been a guy who has been the elite of the elite. He's been in it with the best of the best. And I, I lean his way, man. I, I like what I've been seeing from him and hearing from him this week as far as that's concerned. I keep looking at this card. There's just bangers all up and down. Ryan Hall makes his return after getting knocked out in his last fight. He's a favorite at minus 200, taking on Derek Milner to plus 160. Augustus Sakai takes on Tai Tuivasa. How is Tai Tuivasa not ranked? He have I been missing something, or has he not won his last, what, one, two, three fights, and they've all been a lot of fun to watch? How does he not have a number next to his name? Well, he did beat Greg Hardy the last time. That was his last win out, so I don't know how much it's going to leap you up. Uh, he, had, he was, I think that Tai Tuivasa, for a time, was probably going to be the it dude at, at heavyweight. Fell in a little bit of a, a, a losing streak, and so that's probably where people are looking for that win that really will solidify him back into the rankings, but... Man, if you if you talk about a guy I'd love to see start getting in there with the best of the best, like when he was taking on Junior Dos Santos, um, I want to see him back at that level. So I hope he gets this win tonight. He's uh, as marketable as they come between drinking out of Stranger's Shoe, disgusting as it may be. Uh, I still think that, man, he's fun to watch, dude. He like the, the the way he cracks, you got you got first team all fat guy in this in this fight, which is always just, you know, as as a as a fat guy myself, is always a very respectable thing. I love seeing the guys like Andrew Wee's going out there and win and winning big fights. Go go out there, Tai Tuivasa. You knock out Sakai, you get yourself the ranking, you drink out of a weirdo's shoe. It's it's gonna be all happening for you if you get this one.
I'm not going to fight him, but I'm going to fight you coming up next right here on the BetQL Network.